0: i
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 11 of season four.
0: I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Bruno Mars. It's been a while since I've introduced myself as that. For everyone who doesn't know, my name's Bruno. You obviously know that by now, Kurt. I was uh, humming slash singing slash belching that out uh, as we started our call today that I was listening to Shuffle and uh, is it just Grenade? Catch a grenade. What's the song? It's like, I'll catch a grenade for you. Whatever that song is. Yeah, it's just Grenade. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that came on. That got me thinking about the good old days. You know all the good old Bruno Mars songs, the classic. So it's so we're in a Bruno Mars kind of mood today. I feel like, and this could be a hot take. Oh. I feel like there hasn't been a good Bruno Mars song in quite some quite some time here. He 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 did his. He's doing his like what's the Silk Sonic thing, or he's like with he he formed a group or something, right? Yeah, I don't I feel like he's trying to get me in bed every time he sings now, and I'm like, I don't know how.
1: I, I'm not trying. I don't think so. You're five foot three. Sorry, I have the little standards, buddy. <laughs> Damn, fucking the fucking
0: shots fired. <laughs> Pew, 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 kurt, pew, he pew, has pew. to make up for it in another way so simply if the height isn't getting it done he's using his voice that's just what he's doing well, he has he has to catch a grenade for oh, me at this God. point <laughs> well kurt i'll uh, i'll pass that along and we'll see if we can get done
1: perfect i'm all the way in on that uh, bruno i uh we uh, again we just talk about this but a little bit different this week because we do not have patriots to chit chat about true we will We will touch on them a little bit, Um, but we do have plenty of other things to talk about. There were some banana land games that took place this week, Um, and I'm not going to lie. It was nice to be able to wake up on Sunday and sit back and relax and be like, all right, we get to decompress this week because let me tell you, the next fucking eight weeks, buddy, are going to be a gauntlet. So hold on to your butts Yep. (laughs) and Bruno. I think we should just begin. Let's fucking do it. All right, Bruno. We start in Thursday night football like we always do on the potty pod pod. Um, Let's start down in a good old Carolina, a very rainy Carolina. Mm -hmm. Carolina's running back Deontay Foreman. He had his best Christian McCaffrey impression this week. Uh, He carried the ball 31 times. Bruno. That's a metric fuck ton. In my opinion. Uh, for 130 yards and a touchdown, uh, Lavishka Chenault also oh, yeah. added a forty-one yard burst to the end zone as the Panthers beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty-five to fifteen on a rainy Thursday night in Carolina. But the highlight of the game did not happen for me on the field, Bruno. It was immediately following the <laughs> game where Baker Mayfield began to violently headbutt everybody in sight. He didn't care who you were, how big you were, how hard that helmet looked. He was smacking his bare ass head against the helmet as hard as possible. Uh, It was an electric scene and by far the best moment of the game. I will say for the Falcons, it was not the prettiest night for them. Uh, Offensively, especially Marcus Mariota finished 19 of 30. Not awful. 186 yards. Not great. Two touchdowns. Not bad, but was sacked five times and intercepted once. And on, on those five sacks, Bruno... Most of them came on on third down. Absolute drive killers. Not what you're looking for. Uh, with the loss, Atlanta does remain just one game out of first place. But, Bruno, it is a pretty putrid NFC South.
0: Yeah, Kurt, going back to the Baker Mayfield thing really quick. I mean, my God damn it, my guy. I mean, I, it's like, did he already have a concussion and that's why he was doing that? Or did he give himself a, a concussion from doing that? It was like laugh out loud. His teammates were like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, yep, I'm just going to headbutt every single person. <laughs>
1: I was saw someone like, tweeting, like, oh, he's got that dog in him. Uh, oh. No, he's just missing a few brain cells. Does he have that brain in
0: him? Because that's the question we should be asking.
1: <laughs> if he did before, he doesn't currently.
0: Yeah, so Exactly. Uh, Kurt, speaking of a putrid NFC self, the Bucks, baby. Kurt, please Woo! get Tom Brady some stilles Wasser because this man is on fire. That means water. Uh, fun fact, I went to Germany one time, uh, like, 2019, so the year before COVID and I'm not I don't speak German uh, I wouldn't describe myself as a big German guy for several obvious reasons however I knew how to say water because I'm a big water guy so one thing I learned pretty well was still Stillish is Vasa so Kurt you may be asking why the fuck are you talking about Germany well Kurt the answer to that is because the Bucks beat the Seahawks 21 to 16 in Germany crazy uh Sunday morning game I think this was happening during our pick six so we kind of were like what the fuck is going on at that point um but yeah big win for the for Brady and the Bucks uh Kurt Tom Brady has now won twice in London, once in Mexico City, once in Germany, and a billion times in the United States. So he, he's he's uh, he's doing his pitbull, his uh, Mr. Worldwide, as he's uh, winning all over the place. Kurt, big win for the Bucs. You mentioned it. The NFC South is quite indeed putrid, but two weeks ago, the uh, Bucks were like in danger of finishing in last place in that division. They had lost three straight. People were saying the Bucs were done. All of a sudden, they pulled off back-to-back wins. They pulled their season back. Uh, on the brink of you know being lost they are right back in the thick of things I will say Kurt I've talked a lot about Tom Brady this game it wasn't all about Brady the Bucks rushing attack had 161 yards uh Leonard Fournette had like 47 of them or something which is funny because he got his passport to go- to leave for the game like two hours before the plane left so that was kind of funny um their defense actually played really well like one of the hallmarks of the Brady Bucks teams recently has been good defense this year has not been the best so they had a great game against like an actually good Seahawks team for once you know um, and so, again, like, this is a great win for the Bucs. Uh, if you're the Seahawks, uh, they fell down 21-3, to Kurt. And while these Seahawks have been good this year, I just don't think that's the sort of deficit the Seahawks uh, need to be facing in the games that they play. So, you know, obviously, they've got to work on not doing that. Um, Kurt, my last note about this game. I know I've said a lot of notes, but I got one more note for you, Kurt. Did you see? Hit me. Our boy TP-12 fucking absolutely eat shit on the wide receiver route he ran. And then not only did he eat shit, Kurt, he then immediately committed a tripping penalty on the guy who intercepted the ball. Bruno,
1: that play... <laughs> that should go in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, it was so bad. But
1: we're like, not top plays, yes. because that was horrendous. Playoff Lenny out here is throwing ducks <laughs> to Brady. And, like, the child in me was like, oh, like... You know, if Brady didn't slip, he was going to catch that ball. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he, no, the fuck he wasn't. Uh, but Bruno, absolutely hilarious. And when Brady was on the ground, I thought for sure the Seahawks defender was going to land directly on top of him. He came so close <laughs> to
0: de-nutting Tom Brady.
1: And people forget, Tom Brady is single again, and he needs those
0: nuts. I was going to say, yeah, he's, he's kind of already undergoing some de-nutting in his divorce. So the last thing he needs is a defender to be doing that to him. Yeah, Giselle's getting some nuts apparently.
1: You hear hey, about this? She's got a little fucking instructors
0: in. or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, my buddy Steve, um, oh. he called the fact that Giselle's been cheating on Tom. Like that was what he's like. She's she's definitely cheating on him, and apparently there might be some fire to that. There might be some some smoke where there's fire there, pal. So uh, we will see. But luckily for Tom, nuts are intact.
0: Yeah, nuts for now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nuts for now Bruno <laughs> speaking of nuts let's oh, get nuts okay I mean holy shit I get the privilege to talk it. about quite simply the craziest game of the NFL season this far it happened on Sunday afternoon between the Vikings and the Bills up in not Orchard Park anymore but whatever the fuck they call it a new era field up there doesn't matter I don't know uh, up in Buffalo Bruno hand up hand up me Gentleman that I am a scholar and a washed up athlete. Mm. I can admit that I have counted out the Vikings all season. I've said they're the least talked about seven to one team of all time. I've said Kirk Cousins sucks donkey dick, but Patrick Peterson, Justin Jefferson, and yes, even Kirk Cousins. They keep finding ways to rally for victories in the most remarkable and improbable of ways But Sunday's 33-30 victory in OT over Josh Allen and the Bills, by far the most insane yet. Bruno, of course, we're going to pick this one up late in the fourth quarter because there's too much bullshit to talk about before that, okay? Uh, The Vikings were in the process of cutting into a 17-point second-half deficit thanks to Josh Allen, who had three turnovers between the fourth quarter and OT. Um, And with just a couple minutes remaining in the game, they were down 27-23. Quite simply, and I say this every time we talk about him, but the one who got away—shout out Katy Perry, hmm. Justin Jefferson—put the goddamn team on his back, and he made some of the most insane plays you could ever imagine. Bruno, yeah, reach back like like one three, like obj. This was this was the craziest catch I've ever seen in the NFL, and I, we've seen some crazy ones. Yeah, um, but I mean, he just rattled off play after play after play time and time again to to set the Vikings up uh eventually on the Buffalo 3 yard line. Look, like the Vikings were just going to march in the end zone, go up probably win the game. But uh, from first and goal on the 3, uh, the Vikings had a total brain fart and ran three awful plays yeah. in a row. Uh which set up a fourth and 1 from uh, fourth and goal rather from the 1. Kirk the boy Cousins tries to stink that bad boy into the left side. Bruno Stonewall. No Siri. You think the game is over, but wait, Uh, it wasn't over, but Bruno, I was, I was texting. I called you actually, because (laughs) I was driving to my cousin's house to watch the Cowboys Packers game. And like, I heard they got the fourth and 18, blah, blah, blah. Then they're on the fucking goal line. And then I, I, so basically what happens next is just another banana land on thing. The Bills took over on downs inside the one-yard line. Josh Allen takes the snap to, arguably, quarterback sneak it off just off the goal line. The motherfucker fumbles it, Bruno. But it's chaos. No one knows what's going on. No one on TV knows. The the announcers simply don't know. The players on the field don't know what's happening with the ball. But all of a sudden, two arms go up, Bruno. Touchdown, Vikings. I mean, just the most improbable of probable, improbable. Don't look, don't look that up. But just one of the most insane things that could have happened in the moment happened. Vikings pounce on it. Go up 30 to 27. Now, credit where credit is due. Buffalo immediately responds with under 40 seconds to go and gets a game-tying field goal to force OT. In OT, Vikings win the toss. They march down the field, set up a field goal. They make it. So, what does that mean? Bills, you got a field goal to, to tie. You got a touchdown to win. You don't score. Bye-bye. You're going home. Bruno. Josh Allen, man-child when he runs the football. and the first two plays of the drive for Buffalo, he had them down like fucking to the 20-yard line. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where things got sketchy because I mentioned those turnovers earlier. He threw a just horrendous, horrendous, god-awful interception that ended up sealing the deal for the Vikings. Um, Bruno, this loss drops the Bills to 6-3, and three, puts the Vikings at a whopping 8-1, and one, and then again, they're just running away. Running away with the NFC North. But this dropped the Bills into third place in the AFC East, which, and again, six and three is not a bad record. It just goes to show the AFC East kind of loaded this year. And maybe Buffalo is a little bit more gettable than we thought going into the season. Bruno, here's some stats for you, okay? Yep. The Bills have not scored a touchdown in the second half or overtime in each of the last 3 games. So in the in the second half of the last 3 games they've been outscored 43 to 12. Jeez. I mean like you talk about finishing games, that's not exactly finishing games on a high note, my friend. And Josh Allen currently currently leads the NFL in turnovers in the second half of games by like a ridiculously wide margin, which probably goes to contribute to why they're not scoring touchdowns. But I mean, just the Bills, the Bills have more issues than I thought they would at this point.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that, Kurt. I think, again, before the season, everyone was like, Bill's the Super Bowl. I think you and I both either had them there, had them winning the Super Bowl, or at least getting close to that point. Not saying they can't, but certainly after their start to the year, this is definitely very strange to be seeing. And again, like, Refreshing the AFC Beast standings and seeing them in third place was stunning. Literally stunning to see. And like, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, they're definitely still good, and it's not like anything's over or anything. But they have to hopefully be taking the approach here that they're like getting this, these losses and this growth and going through this adversity and getting it out of the way now. But Kurt, I'm like again, like, you know, they're a loss away from being six and four. The Patriots yep. are a win away from being six and four. That's fucking weird. Sure, sure is. That's fucking weird, Kurt. So. Yeah, good for the Vikings. Um, You know, they got the bounces. You don't always say the Vikings get the bounces, so good for them. They got the dub. Kurt, speaking of the NFC North that the Vikings are running away from, we had another NFC North, North matchup this week. And, Kurt, my God, the Detroit Lions are on a motherfucking win streak. Kurt, I repeat, the Detroit Lions of welcome to Detroit City. That's a little throwback for you. Um, not Katie's Perry, but, you know, still a, a song from uh, a while ago. Um, welcome to Detroit City. The Lions are on a goddamn win streak, Kurt. Kurt, 31 to 30, victory over the Bears, a high, low-key, high-key shootout. You wouldn't have necessarily thought that from Lions-Bears, but, you know, here here we were. Kurt, the Lions won despite literally, like, the third straight superhuman effort from, huh, Justin Fields? Shout, uh, shout out the closest associated athlete with playing the field, Justin Fields. we got to get him as, like, a sponsor of our uh, podcast. Uh, Not a want, but a need. We need it. Not a want, but a need. Kurt, his stats for this game, 167 yards passing and two touchdown passes. You'd be like, oh, okay, you know, 167 yards, not that much. Kurt, he also added 147 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. What the fuck? (laughs) Like, what? Come on. Like, Kurt, that's crazy. He, like, ripped off another, like, 60-yard touchdown run. They All of a sudden, the Bears are, like, actually tailoring their offense around his running ability, which is crazy. So, Kurt, I'm just going to say it. Like, the, the Bears, have to, Bears fans have to be pretty happy with what's going on because Justin Fields is looking electric, and they're tailoring their offense around him, and they just traded for Chase Claypool. So, like, that's going the right direction. Them still losing is a good thing because it's not like they're doing anything this year, right? So they're on their way to better draft selection, and Justin Fields is playing absolutely electric. So... Uh, good for them, I will say. Despite them being happy with losing, they probably should have won this game, or at least it shouldn't have ended like this is like it did, Kurt. It was thirty-one to thirty because in the fourth quarter, the Bears' last touchdown, Cairo Santos missed the extra point, and for the Lions' touchdown, they hit their extra point. So that's what ended up being thirty-one to thirty. Good for the Lions, obviously for the Bears. You know, at least Justin Fields is playing well. Kurt, you know, all of a sudden Justin Fields, uh, top five fantasy quarterback, and people, you know. Perhaps saying he's the best quarterback from a certain draft class that another certain Patriots quarterback was also taken in, so that things are going great. Huh. Weird. Weird. Also, but, Kurt, uh, do, I have... do you remember... Sorry, not to interrupt. Do you remember... We kind of, like... Remember when... Remember that draft? I think we were in one of your apartment. I forget which yeah. apartment. It was one of the... We to, and yeah. we, like, wanted... I didn't. We weren't we like excited. We were like, oh, maybe it's we were gonna trade up for Justin Fields, but then the Bears did, or it was something like that, right? Something was with just pick Fields. 11. It was it was pick 11. Yeah, and I was like,
1: we're, we're going up, we gotta yeah. go up. Yeah, we didn't go up, <sighs> and now the chips have fallen where they may. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll see, not... girl. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> too early, too early to yeah, tell. Yeah, too too early, tell. Too early. So my next game, not as exciting as the last one I talked about. Uh, the Broncos suck, and the Titans are okay, and therefore. The Titans beat the Broncos in a snooze fest, 17 to 10 on Sunday. I mean, it doesn't get more cut and dry than that. Bruno Ryan Tannehill returned after missing the last two games with a sprained ankle by throwing two tutties as the Titans rallied from a 10 point deficit to beat the Broncos. Uh, now, King Henry was held in check in this game. So shout out mm. to the Broncos defense. 19 carries. You figure that usually gets him like 130 yards. Not today, my friends. Mm. 53 yards on the ground only for Derek Henry. Uh, Snapped the NFL rushing leaders streak of five straight 100-yard rushing games. But Tennessee was still able to pull out their sixth win in their last seven games. So shout out to Mike Vrabel and the boys in Nashville. Uh, Bruno, how long is Denver stuck with Russell Wilson? Because my goodness gracious, do the Seahawks look really goddamn smart? from moving away from him. He looks like a disaster. He looks lost. It's another game with fi- like on just about a 50% completion percentage and coupled by multiple turnovers. It is just getting to the point where it's gross.
0: Yeah, Kurt. And it's also crazy cuz they gave him that huge extension before even like seeing him play. So it's like they're yeah. they're they're locked into this 250 million dollar whatever, you know, whatever it was, but it's like it's like at, at the beginning of the season, we were like, "Okay, he's getting used to new offense." nathaniel hackett bad coach or whatever like you know we'll see kurt at this point game after game is just like you said g-r-o-s-s to watch tough 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 tough,
1: and and my thing too is like i didn't know he was such a sociopath like like he's a fucking weirdo well kurt i mean let's
0: ride is weird that's a lifestyle i mean that is a
1: lifestyle yeah let's ride that's right
0: (laughs) kurt well uh we are going to ride away from that game and into another equally not that great game uh chiefs jaguars kurt if you, if you just hear, if you encounter, if you encompass, if you stumble your way into the fact that the Chiefs are playing the Jaguars, right? What do you think is more likely to happen? Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns and the Chiefs win by double digits or literally any other outcome? Kurt, what do you think? Uh, option number one. <laughs> well, well, Kurt, if you said the former, not only were you right about this game, but you're probably right about most of the times these teams would play, yes. Kurt. Uh, The Chiefs just absolutely crushed the Jaguars. They put up uh, 486 total yards of offense. Uh, You know, the fact that the margin of victory was only 10 is is misleading because they really were never in danger of losing this game. Honestly, one of the reasons why the margin of victory is only 10, Kurt, was because the Jaguars opened the game, opening kickoff, With an onside kick that they recovered which is just hilarious like that's just so jaguars actually probably would have been more jaguars if they tried it and like it was the worst onside kick of all time and they didn't recover so maybe that would be more jaguars but still like again they they did that and also the jaguars won the turnover battle three nothing so kind of weird like circumstances but it it makes it even more depressing that they won the turnover battle three nothing recover onside kick to start the game and still lost by double digits but kurt that's you know you know what they say chiefs are gonna chief and jags are gonna jag uh, and they're not jagging off these days. It's, no. been, a, it's been a minute, Bruno. Yep.
1: You know who is jagging off? Who? Well, it is N-N-N. It is triple N, so maybe he's not. But at this point in the season, he could be because it is completely fair to say through nine weeks or ten weeks of an NFL season, Tua Tungavailoa could be the MVP of the 2022 campaign, which would mean he could jag off all he wants to. Okay. <laughs> Bruno, Tua of the Dolphins pummeled the Browns 39-17 in Miami this weekend. And since his return in week seven, Tua, I'm going to say the last name again because I can, Tunga Vailoa, okay, <laughs> has 10 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. He finished with 285 through the air, 25 with 32 passing. Uh, but the Dolphins' offense didn't just move the ball through the air, Bruno. <laughs> they moved it on the ground as well. Mm-hmm. Newly acquired, Jeff Wilson. 119 yards on the ground. Dolphins would finish with a collective 491 <laughs> yards of offense. If the Patriots ever did that, oh, I would I would be jagging off. Oh, okay, yeah. no. Bruno, uh, kid show. Miami currently <laughs> does watching <laughs> yeah. seven and three, and they have not moved into first place all of, all by myself. Shout out Celine Dion. Uh, um, they've overtaken I'm Buffalo. Yes. Bruno shit um, mm-hmm. it overtook Buffalo I talked about that how they lost yep. to Minnesota earlier the Jets somehow unbelievably are at six and three and in second place uh, for the Cleveland Browns who I have neglected to talk about because I just don't really want to mm. uh, they are probably happy but in like a weird mixed weird way because uh, they're shitty human being quarterback is back at practice this week. Yep. Uh, his yep. return right around the corner in week 11. And that is about the only good thing that they have going for them right now. Because uh, once again, if I didn't say it before, he is a
0: shitty human being. Absolutely, Kurt. Uh, Kurt, Tua, on the other hand, not a shitty human being. Or at least, you know, uh, I, I might call him that out of anger because he's playing well for a division rival, but at least not at any other level, I would say. I'm right. just going to completely, this is off script completely, Kurt. But people, I just, I just, I have to make this point because I was thinking about it. You've had the Dolphins. For the recaps, I feel like a hundred weeks in a row because I feel like every week you pronounce Tua's name right and just a peek behind the curtain for people. When we do our recaps, it's not picking and choosing. We kind of just alternate the games in chronological order. So I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know if this is a scheduling quirk or what. But Kurt, I I have not had to deal with Tua's name or saying it or trying to say it in maybe like the whole year. So hopefully maybe I didn't. Maybe, maybe it's
1: because I saw Tua. Maybe because I saw Tua alive in Week One. Then I thought yeah. God's new. Like, yeah. but Bruno, uh, fuck you. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Say oh, his last God. name.
0: Um to uh, t. Yep. T. <laughs> period. <laughs> period. I queen. mean, that's not right. wrong, right? No, <laughs> tea you're tea. right. <laughs> He's a titty. Um, good show. Um, Anyways, <laughs> anyways Kurt, uh, our next game uh, kind of falls into the literally the same exact basket of, like, the last four. Pretty forgettable game. The New York football Giants beat the Houston Texans 24 to 16 in a game, Kurt, where most people probably forgot even happened or didn't watch a single second of it. Kurt, one person who didn't forget this game happened, Saquon Barkley, because you pointed out earlier that King Derek, or no, who was it that you pointed out earlier? Uh, you pointed King out Hunter. earlier, no, Deontay Foreman had 31 carries oh, in that crazy game. Saquon Barkley this game had 35 carries, Kirk. 35 carries for 152 yards in a tuddy. 35 carries in one game? Carry. That's crazy. 31's crazy. 35's crazy. It's just, like, again, you don't see those kind of numbers anymore. So, uh, listen, the Giants did what they had to do to win, right? I mean, you know, it's kind of sad you had to do that against the Texans, but they got the win. Uh, they are now 7 and 2, Kirk, which eyes emojis. Was important to keep up in the NFC beast considering some later events that happened in uh, football games further in the football week. Uh, Kurt, the Giants are now pushing hard for the playoffs. They have not made the playoffs, Kurt, since 2016. Some people are saying the curse of Pat Summit. That's, that's what some people have been saying, Kurt, about the Giants, the curse of Pat Summit. People forget uh, summer 2016. Yeah. People do forget. I forgot. People forget. Kurt, people also forget uh, about the Texans. They are a literally LOL-worthy 1-7-1. That's their record. Kurt, little fun fact about the Texans. They are 0-7 against non-divisional opponents. Kurt, (laughs) 0-7 outside the division. Kurt, their other two games, a week one tie against the Colts, and a 13-6 win over the Jaguars. Kurt, that's just fucking sad. Like, LaMausers, Kurt, fucking... The Molly Wops? I like. I don't even know what to say. That is just fucking sad. Texans gonna text you, baby.
1: The Molly Wops. That's a good one. Wops. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they they suck. They yeah. suck. Another <laughs> team that sucks. Actually, two two other teams that suck. Bruno, mm. uh, Steelers Saints. But well, before we get into it, wow, it is really nice for Steelers to have T J Watt back. Uh, Bruno, the man was a menace in this one. Uh, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens ran for one-yard touchdowns as the Steelers, well, behind their rejuvenated defense, shut down the Saints 20-10 to in a victory. I think this was in Pittsburgh. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, TJ Watt said after the game that he currently still believes the Steelers can make something out of 2020. <laughs> uh, I find that to be LaMolly Watt. <laughs> LaMolly- okay. LaMolly- okay. <laughs> uh It's hilarious, but I'm happy for him that he feels that way. Bruno, the Saints just looking abysmal for the second week in a row here. And for whatever reason, uh head coach Dennis Allen also, it doesn't feel right to say that because it's just always going to be Sean Payton in the head. But Dennis Allen said that they will be sticking with the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton for the time being, over current backup Jameis Winston. And does that make any sense at all to you, Bruno? Because... The Saints had 175 yards of total offense. Like I just talked about, Miami having almost 500. Their fucking foes to the north in, uh, or I guess that's, yeah, let's go northwest yeah. in uh, New Orleans uh, had 175, so they could take uh, a little bit of play. They need to do more. It's too, it's too elementary with Andy Dalton because it, it, it is clearly not working.
0: Yeah, it's elementary, Watson. Um, Kurt, I will say again, out of the QB group, and I'm going to say group of Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, people forget, and Andy Dalton. The fact that week after week we're going with Andy Dalton out of those three, I mean, I don't know if that says more about Andy Dalton, but the other two are about Dennis Allen. I don't know what the fuck's going on because I agree they suck. They've sucked for multiple weeks now. Like what? A, what? What kind of point is he proving? So, uh, you not know, not a good one. Not a good one, Kurt. Uh, Kurt, speaking of points, let me lay out this point for you. The Raiders are horrible. Kurt, that is a statement. That is also a fact. That is something that Jeff Saturday tweeted two weeks ago before he was an NFL coach. And Kurt, that is something that Jeff Saturday (laughs) proved as an NFL head coach as he gets hired by the Colts with zero, parentheses, zero NFL head coaching experience. And Kurt, he immediately beats the Raiders in his first game as a coach. Uh, Kurt, Notably, Jeff Saturday said Sam Ellinger, more like Sam don't linger. Let's fucking see a bitch. Matt Ryan is starting, which honestly, like, I know Matt Ryan hasn't been lighting it up, but like, come on, are you really trying to tell me Sam Ellinger is better than Matt Ryan? Probably not. Uh, What does Matt Ryan do, Kurt, with his start? Fucking 39-yard QB scramble, baby, looking like the most electric running quarterback in the league. Who is more electric as a running quarterback, Justin Fields or Matt Ryan, Kurt? Uh, uh, This week, Matty Ice. There it is, Matty Ice, baby. Uh, you know, somewhat seriously, I will say on that driver, he had the 39 yard rush, it was on a third and three or something, and that kept the drive alive. And that ended up being the game winning touchdown drive, so that actually was kind of clutch as fuck. So, Matt Ryan leads the Colts to a comeback win, throws a game winning touchdown pass to Paris Campbell. And again, Kurt, it's just crazy. Jeff Saturday comes off the fucking street, has never coached tweets the Raiders are horrible and then beats them in his first like you can't make this shit up like it is just crazy like you literally can't make that up like it's fucking hilarious Kurt what's not hilarious are the Raiders because it's honestly it's not even hilarious Kurt it's just sad I mean the Raiders are literally Kurt just so pathetic like I can't even they can't even beat the fucking Colts who are shitty just on their own without any circumstances the Colts are just fucking shitty right and the fact that they're facing a head coach, brand new, who's never coached before, and the play caller. Remember all that shit about, like, how they didn't have an offensive play caller? This dude just gets promoted and starts calling plays. he never called plays before. Kurt, what the fuck? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, we saw Mark Davis this week come out and give Josh McDaniel the dreaded vote of confidence where he's like, oh, he's our guy. You know, we we're going to show patience. And he's like, oh, Rome wasn't built in a day. But, like, Kurt, God fucking damn it. Like, Rome collapsed already because... What are we doing here? The Raiders aren't going to win with Josh McDaniels and we clearly need him back coaching offense for the Patriots. So I don't know what we need to do to get him there. But Kurt, thoughts on how fucking bad the Raiders look. I know we've talked about it before, but even after seeing this game, thoughts about how bad the Raiders look and how they keep getting these shitty results despite actually having quality talent on their team. Bruno, I'm going to need
1: your expertise here and hopefully you follow me. Oh boy. Uh, um. I thought last week was rock bottom for the Raiders. <laughs>
0: <Whoa>. <laughs> What was a
1: SpongeBob episode that was like you thought they were at rock bottom, but then it was like bikini rock bottom or something like? It oh, how
0: it's like. Wait, is that when he misses the? Tr- he gets the stuck b- and yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking what, about. Whatever you thought was rock bottom, there was something <laughs> worse.
1: That's where SpongeBob and Josh McDaniels are right now because it is hilarious that they lose this game to a coach who was sitting on his couch last week and and subtweeting them like. Yeah. You can't lose the game to a coach who was sitting on the couch subtweeting you, you last can't. week. You can't. Um, so uh, I saw that thing about, you know, Mark Davis saying, oh, he's do- McDaniels is doing an excellent <laughs> job, oh, which boy. is all just bullshit. A report came out about 6 o'clock tonight oh. that um, the Raiders would have fired McDaniels already, but they quite literally don't have the money. Oh, God. Because they had to pay... People forget they signed John Gruden to a ten-year, hundred million-dollar deal. He, they then for had to buy him out, which means they gave him cash. Oh, which means they are short on cash. Which means they can't fire Josh Daniels, who was just given a five-year deal. So you can't pay him four and a half years of that uh so otherwise he would be gone and he'd be back in new england but i think they might be stuck with him for the time being and it's okay he's just gonna burn to the ground he's it's <laughs> rome, rome is
0: going down baby it's rome going down gone. and josh is yelling timber well, first of all fucking shout out Kesha. second of all it's not rome wasn't built in a day it's rome wasn't burnt in a day because it's about to be four and a half more years of rome burning <laughs> R.I.P. in peace to rome because yeah. mcdales <laughs> is taking a flamethrower to it Jim Rome is burning. Remember that? Wasn't that his thing?
1: Yep. Jim Rome is on fire.
0: Yep. Not a good guy. I
1: think he was a piece of shit, but shout out the reference. But he also is like one of the highest paid sports people. Like I don't know. Uh, He's burning holes in pockets because we've got so much money. But Bruno, (laughs) uh, sick burn, kid, because uh, (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, Cowboys suck. (laughs) Just kidding. Not really. But Bruno, in another thriller, Packers. Might have saved their season with a massive 31-28 overtime win over the Cowboys at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon. It is clear, after watching that game, Bruno, Aaron Rodgers might have a connection with a brand new toy. I'm not saying these Devontae Adams. Do not get it twisted. Mm. But through three touchdown passes to rookie wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, shout out them, Uh, Mm -hmm. he led the last one set up a 55-yard drive in overtime uh, set of Mason Crosby's game-winning 28-yard chip-shot field goal, FTW. Uh, Bruno, this helped the Packers stop a five-game skid with a win over former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. Hmm. It just is mind-boggling to me that there was a real chance on Sunday afternoon Aaron Rodgers was going to lose his sixth straight game. Jeez. That, like, If you told me that was on the tape. That wasn't on my bingo card at the beginning of the year. I did not expect this. Uh, but, Bruno, truthfully, McCarthy blowing this game and the Cowboys blowing this game, they had no business doing that. No business doing it. They were up by 14 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and while the play call sucked and Dak looked horrible, all of a sudden the offense just went ice cold when they absolutely needed it most. Um, they weren't able to run the clock out. It did give Rodgers and company enough, enough time to come all the way back. Bruno, I ask you this one simple question. Hmm. Do the Packers have a chance to save their season and play for a wild card spot? What are your thoughts?
0: <sighs> well, I mean, if it was going to happen, they were going to have to get some wins that like we might not have expected. And I don't think I was expecting the Packers to beat the Cowboys. So that's a great start. Um, as I'm filibustering a little bit here before answering your question, I'm pulling up their schedule Titans, Eagles, Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions. So out of that group, I mean, Eagles, Dolphins, and Vikings, three yeah. of their next seven games are against, like, top record teams, at least in the NFL. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think around them in the standings is, like, that crazy. It's, like, I'm also pulling that up. It's 49ers who are 5-4, and four, Commanders who are 5-5, five and five, Falcons who are 4-6. and six. So it's not, like, I'm necessarily worried about the other teams, but they, they have some good teams left for and, like, sure this was a good win. I don't know if it fixed all the issues. Kurt, to answer your question, I'm saying no. Yeah, Bruno, I think they're going to get to, like, eight wins. Eight and nine? Eight and nine,
1: probably. And I'm not ruling them out. I think they might make a playoff spot. But only because like like you just said, who's around them? The commanders? Pass. The fucking... (laughs) The Falcons, I'm still passing. Like, (laughs) I just think the I think the NFC is just so bad. I think it's so hilariously bad. So I don't know, Bruno. I'm, I'll give him
0: a shot, but like, I, I, it's not a, it's not a big one, you know. Yeah. No. Fair enough, Kurt. Uh, Fair enough. Um, Kurt. Speaking of uh, big shots, I was trying to segue that. I don't have any segue. But speaking of, you're a big shot, and you're up. There you go. go. Speaking of definitely relevant things, uh, Kurt, fee-fi-fo-fum, Colt McCoy coming for that bum. Do you think I'd I'd say that sentence, like, ever? Do you think I'd ever say that sentence, Kurt? Nope. I wish you didn't. Kurt, do you think fee-fi-fo-fum, Colt McCoy coming for that bum, do you think that's ever been said? Is that the first time that sentence has ever been said? 100%. I book (laughs) it. Okay, Kurt, we're making history out here on playing the field. Kurt, uh, <laughs> you know who else is making history? Fucking, it's the backup bowl baby because Colt McCoy beats John Wolford in the best bowl of the NFL this year. Cardinals beat the Rams twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, t- sorry, twenty-seven to seventeen. Honestly, Kurt, I'm not even going to say anything about the game because who cares? Both these teams are struggling. Um, and again, like it was the started quarterbacks were out. I will say good for Colt McCoy. He's a gunslinger. Kurt, He's 36 years old. That kind of makes me feel old because Colt McCoy, like I kind of remember he, was, he went to Texas, right? Like I kind of remember yep. him at Texas. Like he doesn't feel like he's 36 years old. But listen, he's been a career backup. He's, he's always one of the better backups out there. And I feel like he always does this where he randomly starts and wins a game for his team. So good for him. Glad he got one more game to do that um kurt honestly again i'm not really gonna break down the game because who cares but the big stories coming out of this game were injuries and i'm not talking about to the quarterbacks who are dealing with their own uh for the cardinals zach Ertz hurt his knee that's looking like something serious that's not great for the cardinals and for the rams even worse cooper cup hurt his ankle and he's already on ir so listen i'm not saying the rams are going anywhere especially after losing this game but if cooper cup is out there you know Yikes. Yeah, they already looked bad, and losing Cooper Cup is a huge
1: part of that offense. So, yeah. uh, not a good time to be a Rams fan. Nope. Uh, Bruno, speaking of one of their uh, division foes, mm-hmm. the 49ers helped the Pats out big old time this week. Big uh, old time. the Chargers. Uh, something you absolutely love to see. For all the talk of how dynamic San Francisco's offense could look with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and whatnot, it was the 49ers defense that once again led the way in this one in the 22-16 victory over Los Angeles. Uh, Bruno McCaffrey did run into the go-ahead touchdown with 7.54 to play, and the Niners pitched a second-half shutout to beat the Chargers on Sunday night. It's their, fir- uh, in their first game back from a bye week. So, Bruno, we talk a lot about the 49ers and how they always seem to be having injury issues. Mm-hmm. Bye week came at a good time for them. They seem like they got healthy, and that's what's important here. Um, it was an impressive comeback by the Niners, who fell behind by 10 points in the second quarter. Never panicked, able to settle into a groove a little bit, kind of get things going offensively. With this being said, Bruno, on the flippity-flop. flop, The Chargers, I again, I think I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But they have had injury issues up the wazoo as well. They competed their asses off in this game, despite being down two starting tackles and their top four receivers what the fuck like can you imagine for a second if the Patriots didn't have Jacoby Myers Devonte Parker oh god <laughs> Jesus <laughs> uh, Christ that's Kendrick Bourne Kendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton it would be Nelson Aguilar and then who <laughs> who who oh, <oops>. exactly Bruno <laughs> so credit to them for even showing up to play in this game because if I might not have if I were on the Chargers so um,
0: <laughs> just big old yikes big old yikes Kurt honestly for the chargers what's disappointing is that like like i know injuries you you obviously don't control and i'm not trying to say you do it but it's like at some point why does it feel like every single year it's the chargers have all the talent in the world and if they just stayed healthy they'd make a run like it is crazy that i feel like we we talk about the same story every single year and like again like i'm not you know sometimes in sports it's like You know, you've ever heard, like, the Phoenix Suns in the NBA are, like, supposedly they have, like, the most incredible medical staff, like, in pro sports. And then you hear about, like, the Mets having horrible medical staff. Like, sometimes you hear those things, but it's, like, if you're the Chargers, like, figure it the fuck out. Because it's, like, how do we do this every single year, you know? Well, people also forget that they
1: uh, made Tyrod Taylor's rib.
0: Oh, yeah. They, like, punctured his shit with, like, a fucking needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, Kurt, speaking of fucked up and speaking of yikes, our last game of the week. Because, again, people forget. Let's uh, reset a little bit. No Patriots game this week, but we will have some stuff. But no game this week. Kurt, Monday Night Football, we had Eagles commanders. And, Kurt, let me tell you, we've talked about it on our show before. And it's been talked about in the mass media before. But people were like, Eagles, going undefeated. Well, Kurt, uh, it seems like the national media, it seems like myself, and it seems like many other people overlooked the simple fact that the Eagles had to play the commanders at home. Because, Kurt, let me tell you, D.C. is calming. And they're calming hard because the Washington Commanders calm into Philadelphia and leave with a dub, Kurt, handing the Eagles their first loss of the season, 32 to 21. That's the
1: most times I've heard calm in a sentence since my days at UConn as a calm major.
0: Kurt, well, more comms are coming. So calm up, baby. Um, (laughs) You you forget you were calm major. People forget. Uh, Kurt, in hindsight, you know, this is both a stunning result and also something we should have seen calming if you uh, are picking uh, up one of them down there. You are too much. I'm too much, Kurt. Everybody knows that. Uh, Kurt, Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, again, he, he gets the start again for the Commanders because Carson Wentz continues to be injured and also just bad. Kurt, Taylor Heineke is, like, kind of that dude. I think he's more fun because he's not our actual quarterback. Like, I think if he was our quarterback, we'd be maybe more frustrated. But Taylor Heineke, again, like, you get the full experience watching him. He just continues to make winning plays, even though he does crazy shit, and he does have some oopsies here and there, but he just continues to, like, play really really well I will say for this game though Kurt I'm not exactly saying Tyler Heineke lit it up it was kind of a lot of the Eagles like the Eagles had four turnovers this game Kurt they had one interception from Jalen Hurts and three fumbles from their pass catchers like you just simply unless nope. you're the Chiefs playing the Jaguars you can't have three plus turnovers and expect to win Kurt because, no, sir, uh, <laughs> that ain't happening Um, The Eagles started hot. I think they scored 14 points in the first quarter, but then, Kurt, they just couldn't do shit the rest of the game. It was weird seeing the commanders in Philadelphia be the team that was, like, putting together long drives and they were converting scoring opportunities, though they did have a bunch of field goals. Um, And so, again, like, they really handed it to the Eagles, and it was weird because you just, like, were expecting it to be the other way around. There, Kurt, there was also a ton of penalties and also some controversial and some missed calls. Like, again, those have to be at least said in here. In one of the Eagles fumbles, I don't remember who it was. There was just, like, a blatant face mask that caused whoever it was to fumble, and they just, like, didn't even call it. The refs after the game were like, we did not see the face mask on the field. Sounding like your boy Bruno out there saying they weren't seeing shit. Um, so that obviously has to be said. Uh, Kurt, the end of the game kind of, well, not the literal end of the game, but, like, the the commanders were driving up, up five with whatever like a minute left and it was like a third down and taylor heineke like got chased out of the pocket and he was like gonna take a knee and he kind of faked like he was going down not like really and then he like did go down but he like baited the philly defenders into like uh like to basically tackling him and landing on him after he like went down and it was like a good bait by him but like you simply can't be doing that because they called roughing the passer and the the commanders got a new set of downs and like wasted even more time the eagles lost some timeouts, so again like the eagles we haven't seen them you do shit like that this year right they've been pretty much like a well-oiled machine so it was uh you know worth saying kurt i will also say 32 to 21 sounds like a bigger blowout it was only 32 to 21 because on the on the eagles hook and ladder play at the end they like threw it backwards and the dude fumbled and the commander's literally a walk-off touch fumble recovery for a touchdown and the game ended which is kind of funny so it was really 26 to 21 pretty much that was final score kurt i said a lot of words there where i'm ending up I feel like the nfc beast does this every year like i feel like there's always a good team to start the year in the nfc beast and then that team plays the last place team and they lose like i feel like the cowboys i feel like those like maybe even last year or two years ago they were something similar where they were seven and one eight and one and then they i was maybe the giants or the commanders that they went in and they just got dominated by the team like that happens every year for the NFC Beast. so kurt where i'm ending up with all this again it happens the nfc beast every year and for perspective you know kurt a lot of people are saying this and i want to get your thoughts to wrap up the non-patriot stuff this week the eagles were eight zero. they were feeling the pressure a lot of people were saying they were going undefeated unfortunately as patriots fans we know what that pressure can eventually can and might lead to kurt the eagles were eight zero. they got their loss out of the way and they can kind of use it as a reset do you you know do you are you going with that theory or are you you more worried about you know how they looked against the shitty commander's team
1: yeah, they looked like shit, but I I'm not really worried about the Eagles. I think they're one of the more complete teams in the NFC. I think they'll be there in the long run. They're you know, it's hard to win in the NFL, and you're due for a stinker. And let me tell you, from a team, from supporting a team who went to the brink of being undefeated, uh, it's almost better if you lose one early. So, yeah. you know, um, if you're gonna lose one, you don't want it to be the Super Bowl. Yeah, you don't want it to be when you're sitting at 18 and 0. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Uh, Bruno, speaking of that team that went 18-0, we're going to talk about them. Well, not them, but the organization. Okay, great. The F now. Bruno, obviously, like we talked about earlier, those Pats had a nice little bye week this week, mm-hmm. but uh, just because they went on the bye doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about them. We are going to touch on a little bit of Patriots talk because uh, I want to, and you want to, and therefore, we will do it. I'm in. Bruno, um, I think what I, where we're going to head during this little segment mm-hmm. uh, is we're going to kind of look at the rest of the season as a whole, Okay. Currently the Patriots are 5 and 4 um in the basement still of the AFC East. But with that being said, it is so tight that the Miami Dolphins who sit in first place at 7 and 3 and the last place Patriots at 5 and 4, there is one game separating the first place team, and the last place team in the loss column. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell you everything is up for grabs, everything is up for grabs. Um so it's going to be a, a like I said I said earlier it is going to be a wild ride down the stretch here um, and buckle up because w- I don't know if I can make it through eight games like I I don't know Bruno
0: um, eight crazy nights Kurt I do it every year you do. shout out you <laughs> shout out the Jews <laughs> thank
1: you
0: for just being the best thank okay you. <laughs> thank you uh,
1: Bruno I I think what I want to discuss first yep. is what are you what are you most looking for coming out of the buy um like you know obviously the Patriots they won the last couple games against the Jets and um, the Colts to get to over 500 for the first time this season but like
0: what are you, what are you most looking looking for from the Patriots after the buy Kurt, there's literally only one thing I'm looking for right? Our defense has been playing pretty solid. We, you know, we've seen it g- have it, it good performances this year. I'm pretty satisfied. Obviously, room for improvement, but I like our defense. Our rushing game been fantastic. Le'Veon it's an absolute fucking baller. Our, you know, there's other parts of our game that have been going okay too. It's just simply Mac Jones, right? Like I don't. There's nothing else I want to see more than Mac Jones play better and play well and be consistent. Kurt, we just saw. You know, maybe I'm getting a little Justin Fields, uh, you know, fever, right? Because this is my, where I am with Mac Jones. We saw Justin Fields start this year playing fucking horrible. Like, I know recency bias is like, holy shit, everyone's like, holy shit, Justin Fields. We saw him start the year being fucking horrendous. And people were like, cut him, get rid of him. He's not the guy. He's fucking horrible. All of a sudden, he just, in the span of like less than a month, turns it around and is like, holy shit. He's like the, the fucking guy. He can do everything, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And yes, there's a bunch of factors. Maybe it's their schedule. Maybe it's the coaches finally being like, let's call offense for him, whatever. There's other factors too, right? And it's not like a super equivalent situation. But my basic point of seeing Justin Fields play like shit and then flip the switch and now he's good. I want, and Mac Jones isn't going to do it the same way. Like he's not going to start rushing like Justin Fields. But what I'm looking for in these last games, obviously it's going to be exciting if we have a playoff push. I want that, that would be fun. But more than anything, like, this season has been such a roller coaster for quarterbacks, for the Patriots. I really want to see Mac Jones fucking turn around and play well.
1: Yeah, so it, I'm right there with you, Bruno. For me, it's – I I need to see the offense turned around. I'm not going to single out Mac Jones, but, like, I, I – the entire operation needs to have been figured out. Uh, you spend a fuck ton of money on your tight ends. Let's get them involved a little more. <laughs> Let's these the pass, <laughs> these these pass catchers, um, you know, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Park. Thornton, Kendrick Bourne. Like, I I need more from you. Um, Jacoby Myers has forty catches on the season. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar combined have forty two. Oh boy. I mean like fellas let's 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 pick it up a little bit. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think some of that could be equated to uh Mac being injured and you have Bailey Zappi and it's a little bit different and then Mac comes back and Mac did come back to face the Jets and the Colts who by all accounts are both top 6 defenses in the NFL this year. So, it was no easy task and it doesn't get easier this week when you play that Jets defense again. Um, and they're coming off a bye too, so they'll be healthy. Um, but Bruno, so aside from the offense being, okay, I have two more things I'm looking for. Number one, you have to start fast coming out of the bye, okay? Because you have, after the Jets game this week, well, no, including the Jets game. Sunday, November 20th, they play the Jets. They play three games in the course of 12 days. That is fucking Absurd. In the NFL, playing three games in 12 days, and then they have an 11-day wait until they go play at Arizona. So, if you come out of the gates here in the second half of the season, and you lose to the Jets, and you lose to the Vikings, and you lose to Buffalo, your season's over. And we're not talking about the playoffs. We're talking about, is Mac Jones the guy going forward? Does Bill Belichick know what he's doing? The entire thing changes. Bruno, I think... You 100% have to win this week against the Jets. You're favored yep. at home by almost four points. Yep. And you have to split either the Vikings and Buffalo. But like I said, Buffalo, you have them at home on a Thursday night. It's You're wearing your fucking red uniforms. It's not the same Buffalo team we necessarily thought we'd be seeing at this point in the season. And again, <laughs> the Vikings, they are a good football team. They are a very good football team. Nothing about them scares me other than Justin Jefferson. Like, I, I just can't get it through my thick skull <laughs> that the Vikings are, like, a good team. Like, I still – like, if you ask me right now, the Pats go to Minnesota and win by two touchdowns on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Just because, like, that's that's what's ingrained in my head about the Vikings. Like, I know they're not that bad, but, like, that's what's in my head about them. So, I mean, again, start fast and let's see what happens. And my last point, Bruno, that I want to see, the Patriots have – royally struggled against quarterbacks who can run yeah. this season. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, even Tua had some success in week one. Yep. You have a couple dudes coming up here. You have obviously have Josh Allen twice. You have Kyler Murray. You mm. have Joe Burrow. You got Tua again. You're going to have quarterbacks who can move. Yeah. Okay. You need to – the defense has been balling. Steve Belichick deserves a ton of praise for what's going on. Tim and Gerard Mayo. The cornerbacks have been elite. So far this season, knock on wood, I need to see them actually be able to stop a quarterback who wants to run the football because it's, it's, it's been a problem and they got some guys who can run it coming down the stretch here. So that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Bruno, anything to add off of that?
0: Yeah. And not, not definitely the mobile quarterback part, but not only that Kurt, pretty much every quarterback you listed there is not only like a very good quarterback and on a very good team and on a very good team that's in the AFC other than the Cardinals. Right. Right. Um, so like, it's not only it's that plus it's the fact that like, again, obviously making the playoffs on its own is an achievement. I'm not saying that, but like, you know, if we want to make the playoffs and then make any sort of noise, I'm not defining that, but make any sort of noise. Like we're, we're about to play a bunch of potential team, like bills, twice dolphins and Bengals. That's four of our next seven games against like definitely playoff teams and and pretty sol- well I guess the Bengals are more borderline but you know what I mean like good teams in the AFC so if we can not only do well at containing the mobile quarterbacks in those games but also do well in those games that goes a long way that's you know that's kind of where I'm at yeah
1: at the, you're, that's hundred percent where I was going next Bruno like through of the Patriots nine games they've played this year they have one win currently against a, a current playoff team oh boy <laughs> the last. The last eight games of the season, you have five teams who are in the play – or five games, rather, that are playoff um, teams that are in the playoffs right now. And Cincinnati's knocking on the door. So potentially six. Um, So you're going to figure out really fast if you can compete with these teams. Um, And, again, I don't think they can unless the offense gets fixed. So your defense can always carry you so far. Nick Folk has been awesome. But Jake Bailey has sucked all year. And so with a Patriots offense that has been bad, you need field position. And if Jake Bailey, who currently ranks 32nd in the NFL in punting after we gave him a fat yes. contract, it's like I you just I need to see what's happened after the bye week, see how the mojo goes. Go out there, beat the Jets on Sunday, and we'll rock from there. Bruno, we are going to do a fun little activity. I am so ready. So, I love a little activity. Um, we are going to power rank. Okay, the Patriots have seven opponents left this year because they have Buffalo twice. Yeah, we are going to power rank the Patriots' opponents um, from easiest to hardest the rest of the way. Bruno and I haven't discussed no. what, we, what we think <laughs> here, uh, so we you we are going to be free flying. Yep, um, free balling, free flying. Do it. Do as you please.
0: Falling. Um,
1: bruno let's start at the tippity top okay who do you think is the easiest opponent the patriots have the rest of the way there's
0: only one choice and we better agree here kurt it's the raiders right it's the raiders there is no (laughs) other answer it is the raiders
1: now if you were to ask me that earlier in the year i would have said no
0: right you're crazy right it's the raiders bruno and i'm pretty confident about it right kurt i also kind of think the second easiest is also kind of clear I'm going to have to say the Cardinals, like they have some, yep. they have some weapons, but like, they just can't, they look so dysfunctional. Kyler Murray, like, I'm not going to say he stinks, but it's like, what the fuck oh, I'll is say going on there? He like, stinks. It's, it's crazy. Cliff Kingsbury obviously can't coach. So Kurt, I think the top two are kind of clear for like our easiest, easiest in the, in the easy, in the wait in the difficulty power rankings. I don't know how to just say it, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, we, let's get the Vegas out of the way. Let's get Arizona out of the way. Those are probably seven and six in terms of the opponents left. So yep. we have five to go. We have the Jets, the Vikings, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Bruno, yep. where where are you looking at
0: for, for number five here? I think and now now it starts to be a debate so we'll see yep. what we can say. I think and this is context specific so I guess I have to say that like in the context of it being against the Patriots, the Jets, I kind of feel like are maybe next because we've beaten them 13 straight times. And over the last like two, two or three years, we've had some pretty shitty fucking rosters and teams. So the fact that yep. we've beaten them 13 straight times, including oh, like a week ago when we're not even like playing that good right now, I know the Jets are like decent, but like I, that's kind of where I go with my next pick. What about you?
1: Bruno, you and I are three for three, my friend. It's okay. got to be the Jets. Like, like you said, 13 straight wins to the Patriots. And it ultimately comes down to... I think the Jets have an elite defense. Yeah, I don't trust Zach Wilson as far as I could throw a mom that he fucks. Like, I just, <laughs> oh, I, wow. I just don't trust him. So therefore, they're going to sit at number five. For wow, love that. Yeah. love that. But here we go. He brings us to the middle of the pack. Okay, four, num, right in the middle now. Number four. We like, like, just again. We have Minnesota, Buffalo, <clears throat> Miami, and the Bengals.
0: <sighs> okay, Minnesota i gonna start. I put you. I kind to of put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah. Why don't okay. I have? I have. I have. There's two that I'm deciding between. But let me see what you think. What? Who's your next? There's team? also
1: two that I'm deciding between. And it's Minnesota and the Bengals. But i well, that's, Bruno, that's I'm my gonna, two. <laughs> I'm gonna put the Bengals at number four. Um, I think they have an elite offense. I I will never never doubt Joe Burrow, and I think the pass catchers that the Bengals have, um, are going to be a problem for the Patriots. Here's why I think the Patriots have a good chance against them. Okay. They have arguably the worst offensive line in the history of offensive lines. Sure. And Matt Judon and Dietrich Twise are eating this year off the edge. I think they can make Joe Burrow incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and and so for that reason, I like I like our front seven against
0: against the Bengals, and their defense doesn't overly scare me. So I will I will put the Bengals at number four. Kurt, I will match you. I think Bengals for Vikings 3, because we both were deciding between those two. Yep. My Bengals take is pretty much agree with you. I'll also just add that I think recency bias of the fact they made the Super Bowl gives them a little extra shine. But when you yep. like what you do where you break it down, <clears throat> you look at how they are 5-4 and four this year. Sure, they've had injuries. Jamar Chase is out. Sure, Joe Burrow had appendicitis and worked his way back in the beginning of the season. But their offensive line is horrible. Obviously, pretty good you know offense, but their defense leaves some room to be desired. I think if you took away the like, oh, shit, the Bengals made the Super Bowl last year, it makes it pretty clear. And then, again, I'm with you on the Vikings. It's kind of the same thing we talked about earlier where, sure, they are 8-1. Do we think, though, that, like, again, can we really say that when it, the chips are on the table, when the chips are down, whatever you want to say, Kirk Cousins is going to be able to lead them to the promised land? Probably not. I mean, Justin Jefferson is that dude, but let's not forget, Kirk Cousins has to be the one that gets in the ball. Like, that is, that's a two-way street right there. And we get primetime Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So, I mean, they're three. And again, they're eight and one, but they're three. You arguably can't get more prime like Thanksgiving, like, oh, I guess the Super Bowl, but like non non playoff games. Yeah, you're going to have everybody watching. Right. So I'm okay with that. That brings us
1: to Bills and Dolphins. Bruno, hold on one sec. Before we go into that, I just want to talk. I want to touch on the Vikings here. Oh, sorry, sorry. Of course. No, I just, if you look at their schedule, the Viking schedule, okay? I'm going to run through it here for a second. Run it through. They beat the Packers in week one. We have now learned the Packers <laughs> <Dog> not, <shit. laughs> not, that, not that good. They got curb stomped by the Eagles. They did. That's their one loss. Yep. They snuck out a win against the Lions, who we beat with Bailey Zappi. Yeah.
0: People forget.
1: They snuck out a win against the Saints, who we have <laughs> also determined suck. They did beat the Bears, but that was before – Justin Fields was hashtag unleashed. Right, They did go to Miami and win. That's a huge win. People forget about that. Was Tua out that game, though? Yes, he was. was Thank you. That's where I was going with that. Tua was not playing. They beat the Cardinals, who we have discussed. Also, not very good. They beat the Commanders by three, who we have also discussed. Not very good. And then, obviously, they went out and beat the Bills. So that's not a huge win. But, Bruno, you go down that list there. I'm not I'm not saying the Patriots have beaten anyone good either, but I'm saying like the Vikings got a lot of hype for being eight and one. But like let's let's also just take a step back here and
0: like look at it from a from a bird's eye view. They really haven't beaten many great teams either. And Kurt, you know it's hot in the streets recently, the college football playoff rankings. If we were the committee right now and the Vikings were one of the tenders for the top four, we'd be doing exactly this. And I you could make the argument Vikings don't deserve to be in the playoff. I'm just saying. i mean, I'm not who's- saying who's- I'm not saying they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm saying they don't deserve to be in the playoff. I'm, hey, that S, that S carries a lot of weight. It does. It does. Uh, Bruno. So yeah,
1: that leads us to the last two. Okay, they play. They play Buffalo twice, uh, Thursday night, December first, and then in the final week, eighteen uh, game at Buffalo. At the beginning of the season, people thought that game at Buffalo might not matter because the Bills might be resting people. Blah blah blah. It looks like that game's going to matter because the AFC East is out of nowhere disgusting. So, Bruno,
0: here we are, one and two. I have Um, my answer. I don't know if you're still thinking. I have my answer. I have mine, too, and I think we're going to disagree. I kind of think we are, too. Kurt, do we want to say number two or number one? What do you want me to do? We're going to say number one on the count of three. You count down. So I'll say three, two, one, and then after I say one, we'll say our team. We go. Okay. Three, two, one. Dolphins. Dolphins. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. Okay. We didn't talk well, about that. Okay. We,
1: we crushed that. We, we yeah. went through the entire thing the yeah. same. Um, I think that the dolphins have just kind of had your number. Like Tua is four and zero against you. You Tua has never lost against you. Mike McDaniel. I mean, he's done a really impressive job to get them into first place at this point, but here's where I'll go to. Okay. Um, I just think they're, their defense scares me a little bit. Now, they have lost some pieces um, on that defense, which which is obviously helpful for the Patriots. But I just think that they match up better against the Patriots than Buffalo does. I think Buffalo, um, especially because I think the Patriots can run the ball all over Buffalo. Did it last year. People forget they threw three Perfect. times and beat the Bills. So I just think the Patriots could find their way to a victory against Buffalo by running the ball.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Kurt. I think where I'm at with this is that, again, there maybe you could argue there's a little recency bias, right? Because obviously the Bills have looked beatable in the last couple of weeks. It deserves to be said that the Bills have some injuries on defense, too. I think Jordan Boyer has been hurt. Like, they have some key injuries on defense that hopefully will be co- – well, not hopefully, but I think will be coming back for them, so they will be getting healthier, hopefully, as the season goes on. But what it really just comes down to, Kurt, <coughs> is that not only do the Dolphins have our number, but honestly, the Dolphins are 7-3, and three, and they should be better than 7-3. and three. Because if Tua – like, Tua, I think, I think the stat, as you're supposed to read it, is the Dolphins are undefeated with games in which Tua starts and finishes the game. Like if he plays the whole game, they are undefeated. And like it's easy to see why. Their offense is fucking electric. Tyreek Hill, I feel like every single week has 200 fucking yards receiving, which again is is it's not like the ball the ball is in the air for 200 yards. Obviously he's doing yards after catch, but like it's it, their offense is fucking dynamic. And like you said, their defense scares me too. So Again, like I know some of the recent Bills things have a little bit to do with the fact that Josh Allen might not be 100%. Their defense might not be 100%. And I'm certainly not saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, we can beat the fuck out of the Bills. I agree with you. We can run on them. Kurt, I I don't know if our butts have recovered from potentially some playoff game that we played in last year that may have occurred between us and the Bills, potentially. Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. But, yeah, Kurt, I, I agree with you. The Dolphins, I, I think, are the hardest team. Uh, and, you know, luckily for us, Kurt, uh, if I have my stones together here, we play them the second to last week of the season.
1: We do. Uh, Bruno, I hope it snows a lot or I hope it it's, just, I hope it's just bitterly cold um, because I would love for those boys from South Florida to come up to a very chilly New England. Hey, um, Bruno, I didn't tell you we're doing this either, but we're going to do it. Oh, so shit. um if so obviously the Patriots get to are at five and four right now yeah. what do you think the number is to get them in the playoffs how many right. wins so
0: right now I'm looking at the playoff standings we're actually seventh which is funny at five wins we are. right um and can you tell me who's eight and nine because I really think only I think only nine teams are in it right now but yeah I think pretty yeah. much true the Chargers are five and four the Bengals are five and four we have the tie break because of strength of victory or something and that fact best win percentage in conference games or some shit like that so we're seventh because of that 10 is the colts at four and five they're obviously a joke right so it's pretty much us the chargers and the bengals out of those out so what we have eight games left so yeah
1: i'm trying I to mean, decide between ha- nine and nine ten. or ten yeah so but i i think nine hypothetically could get them to yeah. the playoffs but only if they beat the Bengals. Right. Beating the Bengals
0: would definitely be important.
1: But I'm looking at the Bengals schedule here, Bruno. They have a cupcake game with the Steelers, and then they have the Titans. But then they go – I mean, Titans could be tough too, but they have the Chiefs still. They have the Bucks still. They have us. They have the Bills and the Ravens. Oh, shit. That's a hard – That is a hard end to your schedule. So, I mean, again, they're one of those teams you're duking it out with
0: that's 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 no joke coming down the stretch Wait, here for them. Eight games, four of them are Chiefs, Bucks, Us, Bills, and Ravens. That's so five of them. That could be five losses out of eight. And games. they have the Titans at at the Titans. So they, they could be I could see the, the Bengals being eight and nine. Me too. That's why I'm saying I think nine could get in. So then the Chargers, they have Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins. Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos. So they have kind of an easy schedule, but they have a much easier schedule. They just like again, they've lost some games recently that they probably should have won, and they're just not healthy. So they're probably losing Chiefs and Dolphins at least out of those two. So that means we would need them to lose two or three more out of the rest. It kind of just depends that that if they get healthy or not, right? Yeah, and so for me too, if you look at that, if you
1: look at the the Jets, they have us. The Vikings, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins still to go. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and, hey, and I'm looking at the Jets schedule Bears in two weeks, Justin Fields. Just, say, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, and it's, yeah, you're right. Justin Fields is playing
1: great. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be a battle to the end here. Bruno, if you look at the Patriots schedule one last time, then we'll wrap this up. Okay, I'm ready let's say you beat the Jets this week because I think you go nowhere if you don't beat the Jets. If you don't beat the Jets this week, I think morale is low. Things start to go, could potentially unravel the Patriots. Yep. So they beat the Jets. They go to six and four on the season. Yep. Find me three more
0: wins in our schedule to get to nine. Okay. I found two Cardinals and Raiders, obviously. Yep. Um, So then we need one win out of Vikings, two, two Bills games, Bengals and Dolphins. I mean... It's not that hard to find one out of those games. It could be the Bengals, like we said. That could—that's a winnable game. You know, the Bills. I'm not expecting us to go two and zero. Oh. I could see us going one and one against the Bills. It's hard to beat the t- team twice in the same season unless we are the Patriots playing the Jets. Um, even the Vikings, like we talked about, that's a winnable game. There are two gimme wins: Cardinals and Raiders. And then there are like a, like three to four winnable games out of the others. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think it's I think it's entirely plausible this team gets to nine or ten wins. I, we'll see but again it, it all starts this week against the Jets go out have a good performance offense please God get on track a little bit Bruno I said this I said this I believe during the last Jets game the Jets have a good pass rush how do you neutralize a good pass rush you your quick pass game is effective if I'm the Patriots I'm saying fuck you and I'm rolling five Y, I'm going empty. And I'm letting Mac Jones just dink, dunk, dink, dunk. Like he did last year. That was so, so efficient. Yep. Um, I'm sure there'll be a heavy dose of Ramondre and Damian Harris, which is great. But I I don't want to see long shots down the field against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I want to nope. see take your five yards, take your five yards and stay in front of the chains. Yep. I didn't mention I meant to mention this on the last podcast, Bruno. After the Jets, I think I might have. There were 31 negative plays in the last two week, two games. 31 plays went behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> woo How do you get excited about that? Yeah. You can't. So, hopefully the bye week was exactly what the doctor ordered for the Patriots. Hopefully yep. they come out guns blazing. Let's put the Jets back in their place a little bit because Zach Wilson's like, oh, we'll see him again in two weeks. We'll see him again in two weeks. Well, homeboy, here it is. Let's go. Ding,
0: ding. Yeah. Ho- homie, we see you and you're seeing ghosts. So. Bill, I hope Bill blitzes the fuck out of him. Yeah, me too. Oh, Kurt, shout, you know, out to, shout out to Mac Jones and
1: Zach Wilson. Out of 34 quarterbacks possible, they are 33 and 34 in the <laughs> NFL. So,
0: oh, lovely. <laughs> Zach
1: Wilson is 34th, so we got
0: him. Whoa, we fucking got him. Kurt, you, you want to know what, as we close here one thing I'm seeing? Yep. 13 and 4. Who says no? Well, <laughs> me. Kurt, come on. Hey, you asked. Kurt, we're running the fucking table, boy. Let's fucking... If we beat the Jets, 13-4 to confirmed. (laughs) Confirmed. On the table. (laughs) All right, buddy. Take us out of here. All right. Well, uh, another fun uh, episode in the books here. We will be back for Sunday pick six, which now that I'm thinking about it, we got to put this on the things of things to talk about. With Thanksgiving having Patriots and three total games, we've got to decide what we're doing thanksgiving week pick six so we'll i'm just thinking about it ahead i'm thinking a little ahead but we should probably be normal this week right because uh as we said the patriots have three games in 12 days and one of them is on sunday so we will see you on sunday for our normal pick six uh in which we will both be predicting the patriots to beat the jets i'm just calling our shot now um it's been a great time uh enjoy yourselves uh get ready for thanksgiving t minus a week feels crazy to say but let's fucking live it up homies do it up positive vibes only fucking be safe out there be happy be strong and you know Kurt, as always, we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys.